When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. I am pleased to welcome to the Soft to Steel podcast, a fascinating, creative, and incredibly smart human named Maurice Thibodeau. I've known Maurice for a little over two years in connection with our involvement in the Extreme Leadership Institute. Maurice is the principal creator of the Extreme Leadership Institute's Accelerator Mastermind. I'm enjoying participating in one of these masterminds with Maurice and are learning more and different things about myself and other members of this mastermind. Maurice is also the Chief Illumination Officer and founder of Illumination Experiences, perhaps not widely known about in the construction industry, but nonetheless a calling that has helped many people in many places activate the highest expression of their life and their business. His calling meets mine in many ways for, among other reasons, our shared belief in the vital importance of love in our lives and careers. This will surely be a fast-paced and fascinating conversation. Maurice, welcome to the Soft to Steel podcast. Thanks so much, Dennis. It's good to be with you. That was good, wasn't it? Did you like that? I loved it. I, yeah. I loved yeah. it all. I mean, yeah. could you do it again? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. No, we cannot because I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face for two rounds. Okay, fair no. enough. It's simple, it's direct, and it does for our audience, hopefully give them a pretty good understanding about you off the top and also a bit about us and our relationship. I wanted to make sure that that came through in the introduction. Thank you. So you know what my podcast is all about. You know, the things that I think are important in business and in life all revolve around the qualities of people, around their soft skills. And I'm particularly interested in talking about with anybody I can have a chance to talk to about things like love, social justice, inclusion, and then generally leadership, because again, we, there are a lot of folks that are in leadership roles. And as you and I both know, those leadership roles can begin fairly early on in people's careers. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is not something which is based on a committed experience. It has to do with how the person functions in the environments that they're involved with. And you understand this much better than I do. So let's kind of make the connection and then we'll be able to kind of, I don't say disconnect, but kind of move out into a broader conversation. You know, my focus from an industry standpoint, again, as you know, is construction. Mm -hmm. So why is Maurice Thibodeau on a podcast where the primary audience are people in the construction industry? What are your thoughts about that? Oh, well, that's a great question. I think the topics that you're talking about, they don't really have a boundary of industry or type. and if they did, and they don't, but if they did, and if we were like typecasting, when I think of construction, and I was actually in the construction industry in my earliest career, spent my first five years, my first business was a painting business. So if we were typecasting, it has more of a masculine type of kind of energetics behind it. And if anything, then I would implore to bring on many diverse, you know, opinions and backgrounds to say, hey, this is what the construction industry maybe was or maybe gets typecast as. But, you know, as we're growing and evolving into being the best industry that we can be, 
who else should we be listening to? What else should we be considering? And to me, that's diversity. That's, yeah. you want to have many voices in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, you know, and actually you moved up dramatically in your stature for our audience by virtue of your five years of experience as a painter. Yeah. Which I didn't know. So there you have it. It's not yeah. on your LinkedIn page. I think it needs to be there. I think you need to amp it up a little bit. But again, as a practical matter, being in the environment, albeit it was probably a, a number of years ago, was it 10, 15, 20 years ago, perhaps for you? Yeah, close to 20 now. Yeah, close to 20 years, even though you're a very young man. And I'm seeing you in this conversation. You're young, you're vibrant, you're exciting, you're handsome. And all that will be edited out of this transcript. <laughs> As an aside, we both know that among the qualities that make some leaders even greater than they might otherwise be is, in fact, having a sense of humor. Yes, absolutely. So, um, but I think in terms of the connection, so as, and, and you did a, a terrific job in a very simple way of reminding us that the things that, that I believe are important, all of which are things that you believe are important, I, I, we understand that as well, um, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, what industry it is. It doesn't matter what venue, doesn't matter what environment. We're, we're, we're talking about uh, the aspects of, of being a human being uh, and how you go about pulling that off on a day-to-day -day basis when you're trying to interact with people, solve problems, build relationships. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, it, 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 people is everything, particularly in, in the construction industry. Um, you you rely on your labor to from front to back, from how your customers get served to how the jobs get done. So how we grow uh, people from a fundamental basis, how we treat people from a fundamental basis, I think starts right from the fundamentals of that company's core, from the CEO to the executive to like, who are we as individuals and how do we treat people? What are our values? And I think to the to having that conscious approach uh, and having the opportunity to teach that like very intentionally with like with with your people, with your entire company is exceptionally important. It's exceptionally important. Yeah, again, agreed. Um, so when you were, and I'm, I, since I now know this, and I think it's, it's yeah. a good way for us to, to set the tone of the conversation, since you, you, know, you were in the construction industry very much in a, in a finishing trade, painting is, is a vital finishing trade. Mm -hmm. uh, so you were in the industry. Can you recall uh, what the environment was like when you were there 20 years ago? How were people treated? Yeah, well, uh, my, uh, I was really fortunate. I started as a st with College Pro Painters in a really exciting company and then went on to Serta Pro Painters. That's actually how I got introduced to Extreme Leadership. And the culture that they promoted was exceptionally people-centric. And um, that actually was the premise of how I could compete as a college student that didn't know anything. Uh, the only way that I can compete was because of the philosophies that this company had, because they trained us so, so well. They treated us with more respect than probably I had earned when I was 19. Uh, and they held me accountable to make sure that that respect they gave, I kept. And so simple things like showing up 
on time for appointments, cleaning up after the job site, queue job inspection, inspections. Like these were all just fundamental, simple things um, that showed human respect. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember even the the relationships we had with our vendors were all really, really positive, built off of uh, respect. So um, when I went on in Pro, I saw the same thing and was fortunate enough to have a franchise owner, uh, Jason Duke, um, who I say with, with great respect of the passing. Jason passed about three years ago, two years ago. Um, he cared about running a business that his people could grow in. And his his growth as an individual, I had the opportunity to stay in friends with him as he continued to grow uh, his business. His growth never stopped. Mm-hmm. He continued to push the edge on what was right and what was wrong and who he wanted to be as a man and then to who he wanted to be as a businessman. Mm-hmm. You know, both of those things, there were no, like I saw him do that. There were no lines. It's that character, that that growth attitude um, I, so I, that's the lens I got to really see construction through. Mm-hmm. And I also see, seen Jason do things like get involved with the construction association, which I know, you know, Dennis, you're heavily involved in. So it's like, it's not just stopping at leading in your business, in your business. It's also saying, what else can I do within my business community, within my business industry? And I, so I, I have a very, very good lens in my direct experience uh, from, from, from the days of, of painting, which is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you may or may not recognize it. It wouldn't be inappropriate if you didn't, but the experience that you had with, uh, with your, your five-year career, and particularly when, when you got involved with Serta Pro and with Jason specifically, uh, who I who I consider a friend of a very short amount of time, but we uh, we grew to care about each other quite a bit, uh, and I respected him, I loved him, uh, and uh, and I understood what kind of a business person he was. Why would it, why would an average business person think it's so important to uh, to learn as much as they can about the love, energy, audacity, and proof? Yeah, uh, and uh, and how to how to apply that to their to his life and to his business, which he did so well. Uh, but what you what may not be obvious to uh, listeners are they're listening to this and you're talking about it's just just 20 years ago, and you're describing uh, what today would be described as a forward looking, uh, almost uh, overly uh, energetic uh, uh, outlier in the general tone and tenor of the construction industry, certainly of 20 years ago, where what you described was, uh, what's the right word, anathema? Is that a word? Did I just make up a word? Is that what, Maybe. What, I mean, if it's a word, I don't know what it means. But, well, it's, you know, it could be a word. It could be a word. Um, but what I mean... <laughs> oh, no, I know what the word is. Never mind. Scratch that word. Leave it in the video, because I think it'll be entertaining to hear this. But I think the word I meant to say was antithesis, oh. which I think means, in simple words, I think means basically the opposite of. So again, I'm, I'm trying my darn to see. I, I, I said at the outset, this was going to be a fast-paced, fascinating conversation. Uh, and we're just adding a whole other dimension because Dennis is kind of spinning out in the middle of this. Uh, but that's okay. But, but, honest, but to get back to being serious about it, what you described was not typical. Uh, and, uh, and even today, uh, the construction industry uh, is, 
uh, does not have the reputation of putting people first in a, in a consistent, uh, uh, let's call it non, um, what's the right word to say this? Um, they don't make a big deal out of putting people first. Um, mm-hmm. but, and, and, uh, and, and maybe they should, but they, but they are talking more and more. And I know you'll have some, some thoughts or views on this. They are talking more about, uh, what has transpired both before, uh, and, uh, and increasingly, uh, after, uh, the pandemic, which is the, how the nature of so many people's routines and ways of interacting, communicating, building relationships changed forever. And some has not changed back to what it was before, if there really is a before. Um, but we're talking more and more across uh, all sectors about wellness. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about suicide. We're talking about opioids. Uh, and that's, a, that's become a visible daily conversation which is all about people in their environment, whether it's their community, their home, or their workplace. What are your thoughts about all of that? Yeah, so my my thoughts are that it's an essential conversation. And as, as business owners, I think there is an amazing, uh, call it opportunity, maybe obligation, um, but but certainly uh, an opportunity to support your people in a high order, high high impact way in normalizing those topics by making them okay to talk about. Uh, the reality is, you know, if if you have 100 employees uh, at any given time, you know, there's going to be a number of them going through something, a number of them. Yeah. And to normalize that, hey, that is okay. If you're going through something, we're here to support you. Uh, and and here's some of the resources or here's how we support that conversation. And it doesn't have to be a whole program. It can be as simple as a one-to-one uh, conversation. And I think uh, vulnerability is a, is a major word for me with this topic and in in leading the way with the fact that, so I'm talking in circles here, but I'm going to try to round it. And, you know, if, if you're a leader within an industry that is typically, you know, not one that, that is known to speak about emotions, not one that is known to, to, you know, have these, these soft conversations, then, to me, one of the most powerful things you can do is, as a leader, it doesn't matter your rank or your, or your title, but definitely I think the higher up you are, the even greater impact that this can have is to show up with extreme vulnerability. So if you're going through something, to, to state that. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, I'm going through something right now, and, um, and I might not be you know, my best, and here's what I'm doing to get help. Yeah. That's leadership. Yeah. Yeah, surely. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's move to a, a different, uh, or a different aspect of this, of this whole situation in our, in our workplace and our, and our community, what we're describing these four areas of, uh, on a good, on a great day concern on an average day crisis. 
uh, is probably not overstating it. Particularly, again, in the construction industry, we have 10 times uh, the rate of suicide of industries overall, 10 times. Wow. Um, and and that's, 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 that's a shocking number, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's, a, re- it's a fact. How, in your view, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I'm talking to you as a humanist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you practice dealing with humans every day. You, 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 you help them vision their lives, understand themselves, understand mm-hmm. others, etc. Um, when you think about the situation we've described, and then and then add in the add in either one or both, and we could do it one at a time or just kind of lump them together. We have uh, the change uh, in uh, in generational composition in the workforce. Um, I'm I'm almost gone. Uh, as a as a baby boomer, uh, the, the Zs are now very present. Uh, the 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 Xers, while quiet and smaller in number, are in important roles in commerce across all or enterprises of all types. Uh, and the millennials are moving into the senior leadership roles across all enterprises. How does all that change in demographics? That change. What does all that mean to dealing with problems, but also dealing with change just in general well it's i'm going to try to be pointed with uh with your generational i'll I'll put a generational slant to it but i what's what what i have the most energy around is responding to that that really important and tragic statistic that you shared Mm -hmm. you know suicide rates 10 times higher Mm-hmm. than other whatever other industries mean uh, and I think there's a real uh, well you confirm this for me I bet you the male to female ratio in the industry is quite dramatic like dramatically on the male side yes about five percent of the construction workforce five to ten percent uh, but, but closer to five are women right and then you add generational um, and uh, and I say this in the in the softest, most compassionate way, with the with the most compassionate meaning behind it, is uh, most males, you know, f- um, fifty and up, haven't been raised in a household or in a community or in an environment that has given them an opportunity to be emotionally developed. That's a pretty that 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 might trigger some things, because whenever we feel inadequate about anything, especially if you're in that demographic and don't have those right the, that development, mm-hmm. you want to defend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I say that with compassion and with importance to say that that's a real tragic thing that's happened. The fathers before the fathers didn't know. They grew up in a really hard state, um, and we didn't have the prevalence, um, access, and acceptance to the information that we actually do today. Um, There's been a transference, so slanting it back to the generational opportunity, um, there there is now, I believe, I, I truly believe there's an open opportunity where if you are an individual, uh, say male, that is moving towards bettering yourself in emotional growth, in how to have a tough conversation, there is an increased openness to that. 
and there's absolutely a huge need for it. And I think every time that that increases, um, uh, with with the opportunity to impact um, just increases so much to increase like everybody. I think that has a huge impact on on people feeling alone, people feeling hopeless and not knowing what to do with it, people feeling inadequate or not accepted. You know, there there's a real masculine kind of teasing, kind of like, oh, if you better yourself, then you think you're better. Like, there, I think there's some rampant old school stuff that still happens, and and that's gotta go away. Or like, um, how do I? Uh, it, it's it's an it's not something that has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's something where we have access, we have acceptance, and we have an opportunity to kind of rise above that. And I think corporations have um, such an opportunity to do that, to truly, truly support the whole human and make that conversation normalized. It's like, no, here, actually, we do talk about feelings. We can still crack jokes about them and, you know, do these things, but but it's we're here for each other it's okay if you feel um like this and yeah. we're here to support that yeah uh, again well said and and in, in, in the construction industry uh we still have uh it's still an uphill battle uh, you know i i've discovered as you know that as i think you know that the uh the reason that i wrote the book uh to use the the conversation I had with uh, with my mentor and perhaps yours as well, or certainly in a very important person in both our lives, Steve Farber, uh, when I was finishing up the uh, manuscript for my book uh, in the last conversation we had, he, I said, uh, appreciate your last comments and I'll be, I'll let you know when I, when I've taken the next steps. He said, hold on a second. He said, uh, we haven't put a title on your book yet. And I said, no, we haven't. He said, uh, I've got a title for you. And the title is "Soft as Steel," uh, and, and and very simply, I, I mean, I just it just struck me right between the eyes, made mm-hmm. total sense immediately. And then he extended to explain his rationale, which was the analogy of of, of soft skills being important to building long-standing relationships with people uh, to the steel that that uh, makes a building of fifty or hundred stories last for a long, long time. Yes. Uh, so it's perfect and it continues to be perfect. I continue like saying it out loud. The podcast is called Soft as Steel. Um, but I think, you know, the point is, you know, the message that I continue to carry uh, is uh, is that soft skills are as as you move through your career and your life. But let's say if we stay in the work life in a tough work like 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 construction, as you move through your career, your your ability uh, to be seen and heard by people in the most positive way possible over time uh, is the key to your success. It's about who you are and, more importantly, how you are in, in representing yourself with people. Um, that's what that's the difference, and that's why I say soft skills are the difference maker. Uh, and uh, and I continue to carry that message. Uh, it continues to make sense to me. Um, and uh, and I know it makes sense to you too. What are your additional thoughts? A hundred hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm 
going back when you said, well, you know, this is a good thing to do um, in in any business. I think f from what you've described, you know, if the, the uphill battle that that continues in the industry, it's a simple comp competitive advantage. <laughs> um, there's when I think about like the the idea, like if I go all the way back to like as a as a painter, um, how on earth could I at at eighteen nineteen compete against professionals? Like how like I could barely wrap my head around it, and it was because of the of the emphasis on uh, on on people. Mm -hmm on building leaders that cared about their customers to deliver a product. Mm -hmm. And we were taught to do that. Um, and there's, um, from a competitive standpoint, to be the company that gets known to respect, we use the word love, and to honor their people, and that one might take a while, but to mm -hmm. be that company, not only will your clients um, also honor, love, and respect you, um, but all of a sudden you're going to become the employer of choice. Yeah, yeah. And it might be messy in the, in, the, in the right in the transition period because some people just might not be able to. They might not know what's happening, mm -hmm. and that might feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I've had a longstanding relationship with one of the building trades unions, and over that period of time, some things start to look and feel different. Um, uh, but it's but it's very challenging. Uh, you know, again, the older you are, the hard harder it is to do something which every human being is capable of doing. I'm sure that you've read uh, uh, a, a lot of different books that talk about change. Um, and, and the reality that the change is possible at, at any age, at any station in life, all you have to do is want to do it and commit to it. Um, you know, Carolyn Dweck talks about mindset in her book, entitled Mindset. Either you got a fixed mindset, so you're kind of stuck, you don't need to be, or you have a growth mindset, which means, you know, I can get better at this. I can, I can improve my communication skills, which sometimes when, I, when, when some people say soft skills, they immediately do a translation, and that means communication skills or it means people skills, or it means relationship skills. And really, uh, with the exception of communication, it doesn't really matter what you call them, because they're not, they're not in and of themselves, with the exception of communication, skills. They're qualities. They're who, they're, they're who you are in your words and your actions. That's what they, that they are. So if your person is described in a tough period of time in, in folks' lives as being someone who cares, that's a soft skill. That's a quality that in certain places and times, certainly during in the face of the pandemic, that's all leaders had to do was simply make sure the people that they were responsible for know that they cared about them. They, they could do they had to do nothing else in those first days or first weeks or first months uh, than, than just simply do that. Um, and would I rather work with a company that demonstrates that they care about their people? Or one that just wants to make sure that they, their, our, our production rates are as low as they as, as as low as they possibly can be, so we're winning the bids. Is that is that is that more important? And the answer is they're both important. But at the end of the day, and you said this early in our conversation. In fact, it's going to come up again after we after we end our conversation. Um, and I don't think you said it this way, but this is what I wrote down: people, quote unquote, people is everything in the construction industry. 
you know, it's, it's yeah. everything in every industry. Uh, but obviously I care uh, about construction where I've lived most of my working life. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm thinking like, let's break it down to an example of a soft skill that you could teach. So imagine teaching everybody in your company and providing a safe place for them to ask for what they need, to advocate for their happiness. Now, imagine if that was actually the case, employee loyalty would actually go through the roof because what happens when an individual doesn't have that soft skill it is easier to leave, to complain, to feel hurt, to whatever happened in that like time, it's easier for them to leave. Mm -hmm. And they will. Mm -hmm. However, if they have the skills to be able to have a conversation to say, hey, this is what happened. And I'm going to advocate for what I need and say like, this wasn't okay. Or in that situation, this is what I needed. And you can teach these things mm -hmm. and they can be demonstrated. Then all of a sudden that person might not leave. That person might grow and you might gain context for why the decision was what it was. They might change a perspective that allows them to get what they need and the business improves overall. But without that conversation, you just got right a revolving door mm -hmm. of unhappy people, and then you try it again. That's a critical soft skill. Yeah, yeah, great example, great example. We're almost at the end of our time, and I want to invite you or give you an opportunity to take a couple minutes and share with our listeners something about your other calling, which is your chief illumination officer enterprise. Mm. Tell us in brief what that's all about and how you work with people. Sure, love to. There's two main ways. I'm a coach and I call myself an entre-therapist. So we're talking about emotions and I really am at the crosshairs of coaching, which is usually more thought leadership strategy and therapy, which is usually, okay, you know, what is at the very root of what's happening for you and how do you break through it? I combine both of those things when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with people. And then the main focus of my business right now is something called the life inventory assessment. I've created an assessment that allows any individual to go and really look at their life through the assessment. And it gives you a lens of where you are today compared to where you want to be. And I work with individuals and corporations to help their people basically uncover their growth opportunities. And I use the assessment for that. And the other major thing that it does is it humanizes everybody. When everyone looks at their life in all the categories and takes a bold, I'll say an audacious look, at where they're happy and where they're not, and then has the big question on the table to say, and what are you going to do about it? When everyone does that together as a group, it's an amazing team building and humanizing experience. And that's without even sharing the context. Everyone's remains their own confidentiality. But now it's like, oh, I know Dennis, and I know he's actually working on something. I see now Dennis as a human being. And he knows I'm working on something. He knows I'm not perfect. And I've got some of these things in my life that I want to move into more fulfillment. So at the core of both of those things that I do with people, it's helping people live more fulfilled lives. So I think consciously when we put effort behind that, it's ours to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Good, good. And the website that they can find more about uh, the assessment? Starting always Illumination Experiences with an S dot com. And uh, it will take you there. Well, we're at the end of our time. And I'm not happy about that. Well, maybe I am because I've had enough. I had sure. to be Fair intelligent enough. and serious, but engaging. Yeah, it's tough work. I usually take my nap at 2.30, so I'm a little late for my nap. Yeah. In all seriousness, a great conversation, as I knew it would be. I'm delighted that you surprised me with <laughs> your five years of painting experience. Again, it's going to make uh, this conversation just that much more interesting for folks to talk to. And I will be sure that folks at the union that I work with that has one of their category members, painters, yes, they listen in for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for taking time to be with me on the Soft to Steel podcast, Maurice. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Soft to Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Soft as Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Soft as Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.